what we've got here is failure to communicate. From sunny Southern California, we bring you Meet Bridget, a podcast for building confident communication and female badassery. We spotlight women who have bridged the gaps in their lives by building strong relationships and speaking their teenage dreams into reality. Welcome back to Meet Bridget. We're back again today for another Bridge Etymology. In case you're tuning in for the first time, I'm Asha, the CEO of Bridget. And together with my bestie and Bridget COO, Kashia Rosenberg, I run a confidence and communication platform for teen girls. This is our podcast, Meet Bridget. I appreciate you guys bearing with me. I just, some of you may know that I just had a baby at the end of June and she's doing great. But we've been excited to come back and keep creating episodes for you guys. So again, I mentioned today is etymology episode, Bridge Etymology. Etymology is the study of the origin of words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history. In our longer episodes, we interview confident women about their formative years. That's really communication and action. In these shorter episodes, we break down communication itself by studying the deeper meanings behind the words that we choose to use. Confidence is at the heart of everything that we do at Bridget, and we believe that confidence comes from strong communication. And as you get more confident, we get even better at communicating. It's an upward spiral, and we're honored that you're joining us as part of our uplifting community of badass girls and women, and guys welcome, of course. This is a space for us to take a pause and consider the deeper meaning behind the words you may have heard hundreds or even thousands of times. We'll be breaking down words to their original meanings and including some compelling stories along the way. Don't you think you ought to do something about expanding your vocabulary? Today, I am breaking down the word aesthetic. I've noticed that this word seems to have had its own little renaissance in reference to the online profiles that we put out there for the world to see. If you haven't heard an influencer talk about what is or isn't their aesthetic, you might just be living under a rock. I even hear people say that a piece of furniture or a pair of shoes are so my aesthetic all the time. So before we break down this word to its original meaning, I think it's safe to say that in our current vernacular, people use aesthetic to refer to their chosen look, things that they like, especially things that they like that all fit together as part of a general vibe or pattern. I'd also go so far as to say that when people choose an aesthetic today, it usually is something that they're very public about. For example, someone might have created an aesthetic for their Instagram feed, following a set of parameters to keep things on brand. The result is that their aesthetic comes across to others as recognizably theirs. At Bridget, we even do this. We have a set of brand colors and kind of a general vibe that we like to put out there for the feel of our podcast. So let's drive right into the etymology now, the root origins of the word aesthetic. And then we can go back through some of the definitions that we've used since then. So aesthetic, originated around 1798, comes from the Germanic aesthetische and the French aesthetique. I'm not very good at those pronunciations, but came from German and French. And both of those came from Greek, aesthetikos. And that original Greek root really translates to sensitive or perceptive. And that came from an even deeper root, really meaning to perceive by the senses or by the mind. So perceive, if we're going to define the definition, 
Perceive means to become aware or conscious of something or to interpret or look on something in a particular way. Immanuel Kant defined aesthetic in a classically correct sense as the science which treats of the conditions of sensuous perception. So, from the roots of the word, aesthetics refers to the way our senses take something in. Per Merriam-Webster, the most common meaning of aesthetic is of or relating to the beautiful, or also pleasing in appearance slash attractive. Damn, boy, all I Yeah, I got an aesthetically pleasing configuration of hair that humans go nuts over. <laughs> a dingle. For a definition, though, this seems a little relative, right? What is beauty? I'm sure you've heard the phrase, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It says beauty divine. How bad can it be? In fact, the question of what is beautiful is actually at the core of an entire branch of philosophy called aesthetics. Physical beauty was once the only criterion for judging the quality of art. Today, artwork is judged by a different set of criteria, and instead of being called beautiful, a good work of art is called successful. Determining art's successfulness rather than its beauty, aesthetics seeks to evaluate the value of a piece of art a little bit more objectively. Some successful works of art might not look pretty, but they might be well-organized or they might elicit emotional responses from viewers. If a work of art contains strange, disturbing images, yet makes you think, it can still be successful. So pause. Please note that I am not an art historian. I love looking into this stuff, but I'm going to break this down in layman's terms. The aesthetic qualities that are discussed most often by aestheticians who are specialists in aesthetics. There's also another definition for aestheticians that we'll get to later, but we're referring to aestheticians as specialists in this philosophical field. So the qualities that they discuss most often are the literal qualities, the design qualities, and the expressive qualities. The three aesthetic theories of art criticism are most commonly referred to as imitationalism, formalism, and emotionalism. So let's break this down. Some people feel that an artwork should imitate life, that it should feel and look lifelike before it can be considered successful. This aesthetic theory is called imitationalism, focusing on realistic representation. Imitationalism thus focuses on literal qualities of a piece of art. Come back to reality, Tom. Number two, other critics think that composition is the most important factor in the work of art. This aesthetic theory called formalism places emphasis on the design qualities, the arrangement of elements of art using principles of art. Formalism thus focuses on those design qualities of art. That was no accident. It was by design. And a third category of aesthetics Critics claim that no object can be considered art if it fails to arouse an emotional response in the viewer, the feelings and moods that arise upon viewing or experiencing a piece of art. Emotionalism thus focuses on those expressive qualities of art. I'm getting all emotional. Might just give you a big wet kiss. So that's imitationalism, formalism, and emotionalism. So those are kind of the three categories of aesthetics as a study. And that's kind of just a nutshell definition. So you might also have heard of the historical aestheticism movement in arts and literature that took place in the late 19th century. Aestheticism was a response to the stuffy Victorian culture, which broadly held that art and literature should 
exist for the purpose of exposing some truth or establishing morality or allegory in some way. The artists and writers of aestheticism instead believe that art need not have some didactic purpose. Didactic meaning teaching some kind of lesson. And the slogan of aestheticism was then, art for art's sake. Author Oscar Wilde was a pioneer of aestheticism, his most famous book being The Picture of Dorian Gray. The book uses beautiful language to paint a story that prompts emotion and thought about how we define beauty in the first place. Highly recommend it. Now let's get back to the word as we use it today. When we first began, we noted that aesthetic felt like a set of brand guidelines that we chose to display to the world. But examining the root meaning of the word reveals that aesthetic refers to the creation of something that others will perceive, but it also refers to the way in which we perceive something ourselves. What I found interesting about this breakdown is that while we don't always realize it, we apply some level of judgment to almost everything we set our eyes, our ears, our hands, our tongues, you get the point. What we prioritize as important, i.e. the literal or design or expressive qualities of a thing, determines how our senses actually receive it. In the same way, this idea can be tied to the work of an esthetician. See, I told you we came, we'd come back to the secondary definition of esthetician. An esthetician, as you've probably heard more commonly or you've seen the little licenses at the nail salon, an esthetician is a person licensed to perform beautification services, such as skin and nail care. If we remember that aesthetic comes from perception by the senses, we can be reminded that there is no one definition of beauty. We can approach esthetician services with a little bit of a healthier perspective. Rather than trying to match some external ideal or standard of beauty, we can follow our own guidelines for what services make us feel internally great. Well, hello, beautiful. So as with most things related to art, I feel like we got pretty abstract and deep with this one. And honestly, I love it, but I hope you were able to follow. You will join me in the avant-garde new aesthetic. Next time you hear someone refer to their aesthetic with respect to their Insta feed or fashion sense, maybe you'll remember that the word has deeply philosophical origins about how we understand and judge what our senses take in, in the first place. I hope you perceived something in this episode to be of value. I'm wishing you a most beautiful rest of your day and thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week on Meet Bridget. And that's our show. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe to, follow, and share Meet Bridget with your circle. The best way to help our work here is to rate and review our podcast. We're listening and constantly working to build something helpful for you. Catch you next time. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world.